Hey, welcome to TMS Global's Thy Kingdom Pod podcast. I'm John Ramsey. And I'm Dory Hatchett. And we're going to have a nice conversation today and mm -hmm. um, hope that you all enjoy it and will participate in our conversation. Yes, please. So to start off, though, we're going to have our little appetizer here of, of just a, a question to get things going. So I had a conversation with my sister last weekend. We were at church. Um, and there's a, there's a big basket of Jolly Ranchers oh. and all that's left in that basket are grape. Really? Which surprised me and surprised my sister, but a few other people we talked to are like, yeah, grapes the worst. So I thought that that would be a good conversation for us, especially, you know, after Easter weekend when candy is on at least my children's minds. Um, so I wanted to talk about Jolly Rancher flavors. Okay. And and what's your favorite and what's your least favorite? Like what has no right to be there? Okay. Well, I'll start with my favorite. That's okay. all right. My yeah. favorite is grape. Really? Love grape. Whoa. Love it. Going There's against... something like nostalgic about that specific artificial grape flavor that I love. Grape jello, grape oh. lollipops, grape jolly ranchers. So yeah, grape all day long. Interesting. Not I'm, my my disposition says judgment. I'm just observing. It's really. fine. It's fine. Um, I so I can't say that I I don't know if I have much skin in the game of I'm not like an active Jolly Rancher pursuer and sure, sure. in general as a kid I don't know if I loved as as soon as I figured out the whole artificial naturally flavored situation I think I was a, more, a little bit of a hippy dippy kid. Uh, and I was like, I don't want to eat this artificially. Well, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But, okay, as far as Jolly Ranchers are concerned, I, isn't there a pink one? Yeah, I think the watermelon, I think, is pink. I think I recall the pink or the green being the my green favorite. Sour apple? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I think we might like the two most disliked flavors actually wait green is disliked from what i understand yeah i don't mind it so much because i like the sour aspect of it but yeah yeah it's a i mean wait well maybe the pink is watermelon yeah the pink or, is watermelon. okay well, yeah sorry you already said that um my brain was just rack or just exploring all the different there's like blue <laughs> the blue raspberry so grape yeah green apple watermelon i think there's a cherry oh the red one mm -hmm. and they probably have i mean in the last several decades since i had many jolly ranchers they probably have you know hundreds of flavors now or something like jelly beans yeah. i think i would much rather have i think as far as candy preferences are concerned yeah, yeah. i we think can, we can branch out I pursued chocolate more than like uh, okay. the fruity stuff, like never really big Skittles yeah. gal or, I mean, I would absolutely mm. accept whatever as a child. Uh, um, and I used to eat some weird stuff. I think saying I was hippy dippy holistically <laughs> might be a false statement, but yeah, I would eat those Krabby Patty gummies. So terrible for my health, I'm sure. Did you ever eat those? childhood was sort of split between the united states and central asia so yeah some things i'm not familiar with and and crabby patty gummies are they crab mm -hmm. they're not crab flavored gummies no 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 crabby patty yeah. uh, it's from spongebob it's 
Oh, 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 that makes sense. Um, uh, see, I missed the whole SpongeBob thing. That's really okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was an absurd thing to put in my body for sure, yeah. as most candies are. But that's fair. Anyways, and speaking of absurd things to put in our bodies, as far as candies are concerned, um, can we talk for a second about blue raspberry? Oof, it's a problem. Yeah, what? What is who? I, I don't know How is that why discovered? it exists. It tastes like it tastes like someone had some extra flavorings left over from the worst of the artificial flavorings that are in a, a multitude of candies. Really? And smashed them together, poured in a bunch of blue dye because I'm sure the resulting color was not appetizing. Yeah. And then called it a blue raspberry. It's it's not it's not a good thing. It's not good. No, I'm, well, I wouldn't. I mean, that is a bold statement. I uh, I'll, I'll fight people over this. I, I mostly not just think it's kind of absurd because there's not like I've never had a blue raspberry as well, a natural not, I mean, it's fruit. Not, it's like not it's not a real a, thing. It's, it's not, not a real thing. thing. So it's a made up fruit it's flavor. It's a made up artificial flavor. It's like the most artificial of artificial. Final thought: Would you rather have a banana laffy taffy no. over a? blue raspberry if you had to eat one. Oh, jeez which are you gonna go it's for? like the impossible choice i i honestly can't say because ban artificial banana is the, is the worst think of a the banana I think oh, I banana jolly because oh same sourness and and something happening there and and i don't feel like it's going to be stuck in my breath for the next hours, like that artificial banana flavor is. Yeah, I cannot. One of my really good friends loves banana Laffy Taffy. And I, we all I cannot have get behind our it. Struggles <laughs> and our problems in our lives. And some of us, it's banana artificial flavoring. And yeah. Pray for your souls. Oh, I mean, that's an extreme thing to say, but. Well, I'm um, extreme when it comes to flavor. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, we can move on. We can move yeah. on to the rest of our mind picnic now that we got got the uh, got the conversation flowing uh, a little bit. Yeah. Our listeners, we'd love to hear your um, your favorite, favorite, least favorite, maybe just least favorite and favorite like artificial kind of candy like flavors. I think mm -hmm. would be good or real. I don't care. Yeah, let us know. Candy's fun. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, that leads us to our mind picnic now that we had our appetizer. So again, for our listeners, we're just going to bring in a topic, a comment, question, thought that's been on our minds the last week or so. Um, share it and then chat about it for 10 minutes. We'll have a hard stop and hope the conversations continue uh, in our Discord or on social media or amongst you all or amongst us in the future. So... Uh, shall we rock, paper, scissors for who goes first here? Let's do it. Winner goes first. Is that what we decided? I can't I don't know. Let's just let's just do it and then decide. Winner what is Winner goes first. Winner goes first. Okay. All right. Rock want... paper scissors. Scissors shoot. Maybe. How do I keep winning when like I'm think... choosing before you? Well Did I guess I... there's a lag. Did it's I mean... fine. It's fine. I didn't cheat. I, oh, I believe you. I believe you. It's tricky. It's like when uh, uh, during the pandemic, when there was Zoom church or like you have a Zoom small group and people are like, let's sing some worship songs on Zoom. I'm like, no, 
the timing, the timing's not going to work. It was, the intent was good. The intent was good. The motivation was beautiful. The result was probably beautiful to Jesus, but it broke me. Um, but that's not my mind picnic. That's an aside. That's, that's a freebie for y'all. So here's what I've been thinking about the last few days, actually. I saw a meme online and it's well-intentioned. So first thing I want to preface this with, I'm not trying to like call anybody out. This was just, it hit me and I questioned it, right? Which is, which is a good thing. We're supposed to do that. So I saw a meme that was talking about God's plan. It said, trust it, live it, enjoy it. I was like, that's interesting. Um, not necessarily bad, but just interesting. And, and I saw a couple other memes around the same time talking about God's plan. They seemed really focused on the plan itself, right? We're trusting the plan. We're following the plan. And it's just made me question, like, like, are we supposed to be trusting the plan? Are we supposed to be trusting God in this, right? And, and is there, am I just making a silly semantic difference there or is there actually a difference? I think like culturally we love plans. We love having things figured out, mapped out. Uh, and yet God also very much says, we're not going to have things mapped out and planned out. Um, so there's this, there's this tension, there's this interesting, and so I'm just kind of like rolling it over in my mind and what is it? What does it mean to be trusting God's plan? What does it mean to be living God's plan? What does it mean to to just be a follower of Jesus, knowing that God has a plan, right? Yeah, that's the mind picnic for today. Yeah. Okay, this is good. Also, maybe what for those who aren't acquainted with meme culture, what is a yeah. meme? Yeah, yeah, a meme. Sorry. Uh, so. Pretty much, it's it's become a pretty broad definition, but pretty much right. any kind of graphic um, with text typically yeah. um, would be would be considered a meme. There's there's other definitions that are broader and more narrow, but we're going to just roll with that. Any kind of graphic you'll see on social media that has yeah a picture with words, whether it's funny or serious, it kind of falls under that category. Just floating around the internet. Yep. And then into our minds. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Um, Awesome. My mind picnic, I'll pitch before we kind of get further into both. Uh, yeah, there have been several scriptures that I've been sitting with, um, doing some meditating on. But one that I'm bringing forward is Matthew 5, specifically the Beatitudes. And um, yeah, just sitting with the alternative way of living that Christ is presenting to this context. And, uh, as I would say to us as well, uh, and inviting us into and being reminded of that reality when I feel the tension between maybe a cultural norm or a societal norm and the way of Jesus. Uh, and so, yeah, sit, how do we sit with that tension? Well, and I think I'm going to leave it there as the introduction to the mind picnic that I have. I love that. Yeah. Cool. Well, I rock, paper, scissors, won it. Wind it? Won the rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> oh, no. Doing you well, guys. You oh, won. <laughs> you won. It. Can you tell it was, it was midterms last week? Um, anyway. That's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey. so 
God's plan. What do, you, what do you think? What do you think, Dory? God's plan. Uh, that is a song lyric. But <laughs> yeah, what do I think about God's plan? So your question, I want to do honor to the question that you're bringing forward. Are we you? Can, we can take it all sorts of directions. Yeah, you really could. But are you sitting more with the the reality of like how am I cognitively participating in God's plan or? Sure. So in the sense of uh, on the daily, am I making choices that are like, this is God's plan. This is not God's plan. I don't know. Just yeah, a little, more a little the bit of that. Like, I feel like there's, there is an element when we talk about God's plan there, I feel like there's an element that is implying that like we have to decide, is this God's plan or is that God's plan? But then I think there's also at the same time, this almost fatalistic kind of view of God's plan. Like, you know, whatever happens, God's in control. It's God's plan. Right. Um, almost, almost just like, yeah, God's, God's up there and things happen and that's God's plan. And so it's going to be great because God has a plan. So even though things going terribly, God has a plan. Um, and this is part of it and it's going to mm -hmm. be good. And I think both of those perspectives are, are missing some stuff. Yeah. And, and what I think it's missing most is this first the focus on the plan itself instead of thinking about what God's calling, like why God has a plan and that God invites us to participate in that plan. Like it's, it's active participation towards something. Um, so like the, mm -hmm. the verse that's obviously the most quoted in, in this context is from Jeremiah 29, right? I know the plans I have for you. Um, I don't have, Memorized plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future, right? And that is in the context of the larger letter that Jeremiah is writing to the exiles, right? Um, the Israeli exiles in Babylon. And so it's it's talking about things that they're going to do, right? It says, um, "You will call on me and come pray to me, and I'll listen to you. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart." He goes on to talk about what to do as they're living in exile, right? He talks about um, building houses and settling down, planting gardens. Like all of this stuff is surrounding that whole thing about he has a plan. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very much a call to trust in God, but also to participate in, in God. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think I am getting at the heart of what you're saying. Uh, I like I'm I'm exploring where my mind is going with it, and I think where I'm experiencing your question, which you're bringing to the mind picnic, it's I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe how we lean on this saying, or we revert to the saying of like God has a plan as a means of comforting our ourselves in the midst of, midst of understand, like misunderstanding our reality or what's happening in the world and to lean into, I mean, you could take this into so many ways of God's sovereignty and how yeah. God participates with his creation. And like, there's a whole world of exploration just within this idea of God's plan and how he's working with creation. Um, but I think 
let's see where oh I, I wanted to finish out my thought and I just lost my brain um well let me let me say goodness what was I gonna say oh no John it's all good wait I, wait. I liked your oh do you have it did I have it no I lost all right, it. I'm gonna say something <laughs> interrupt me if it comes back right I do it. okay I, I like the the point about sovereignty and I think that might be where it trips me up because I think mm -hmm. sometimes it's seen as an example of God's sovereignty and we see sovereignty without <gasps> I remember yes go okay uh I was going to point back to Romans 8 mm -hmm. and we see this picture of creation groaning uh yeah. for the restoration of all things and yeah, so I think maybe in the midst of suffering specifically and these truly horrible ex uh, interactions within the human experience and to say, God, is this your plan? Is right. this, it's, it's like a part of that groaning of come Lord Jesus, restore no. restore this because we, we have this experience of surely this is not, this is not it. And so it's that already, but not yet situation. We yes. find ourselves that the kingdom is here, but yet not fully realized perhaps. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, that was a thought that came to yeah. mind. I think that's a really good connection. And I, and I think that, that made me think like the, a way of, of looking at plan here might be more along the lines of like how an architect has a plan mm -hmm. um, for a building. And maybe less of like how an organization has a five-year strategic plan for how they're going to achieve their goals, right? So I don't, I don't know that it's always God saying, "Okay, you're going to go to this spot, and you're going to talk to this person, and this is going to happen, and the conversation is going to go here, and this is going to happen, this, 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 this." But more of a, "Hey, I have this vision mm -hmm. of a new creation. I have this vision of, or in Jeremiah's context, I have a vision of." The, my chosen people blessing the world and redeeming the world through them. Um, and my plan is for that. That is the end goal of this plan. That doesn't necessarily mean that every single thing that happens um, along the way is, it was mapped out by God. Mm. Right. So I think we can have God's sovereignty. We know what the end is. We're getting there, but there's also this space for grace and for our full participation in that plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good. That's, yeah, that's helpful. That uh, maybe God has accounted for my humanity and the purposes and plans that He has for me. Absolutely. So, in the sense of when, gosh, when when we're faced with suffering, or I don't know, just all of the things that life entails uh in the small bit of life that i have lived and um and i've heard the stories of those all i'll just end it there but um yeah it's hard to look at suffering and not allow our circumstances to define the character of god uh but to hold what we know of god's character true despite our circumstances uh, yeah that actually, so one of my other ideas for the mind picnic is actually really along those same lines because we we're in small group. We were talking about, I mean, it's, it's almost Easter when we're recording this. We were talking mm -hmm. about um, the crucifixion and, and the two criminals on either side of Jesus. The one was mocking Jesus, 
And the other said to the other said, don't you fear God? Right. And then he says, hey, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Right. But that don't you fear God was really interesting to me because fearing God and is, is not necessarily like, I'm afraid God's going to smite me. Right. It's an awareness of the awesomeness of God, the absolute power and an expansiveness of God. Right. That's what that fearing God is. And so it's like I can I can still fear God and I can still see Jesus suffering and dying. And in my fear of God, I know that this is still working. Like God is still enacting his plan because it is God doing this. Does that make sense? I think so. Well, (laughs) you have a response or we can, we can wrap it there. No, I think that's, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm marinating what you said. Same. Okay. But. All right. Well, that's that hits the the ten minutes for that um, section, so we can move on to the next one. But I hope to uh, hear our listeners' responses and thoughts on on God's plan and how they understand it. Um, how how knowing that God has a plan, how that's impacted your life, um, and what that means to you would be really interesting to hear. I absolutely do not have the answers to this, but it's just something I've been thinking with and wrestling with. So. Good. All right, Dory, you want to restate your question for us and we'll get into it? Yes. So I'm, I will happily do that. I might pursue reading a portion of Matthew 5 as the reinstatement itself. Uh, so bear with me uh, as we read. So Matthew 5, starting the first one. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Uh, So yeah, bringing, bringing this scripture to the table and the idea that Jesus is presenting an alternative way of living to this context, uh, but perhaps for us as well. Uh, Yeah, so just sitting with this idea that the way of Jesus may not necessarily be in alignment with the way of um, my cultural context, my societal context, so the things that even in conversation we're celebrating in our daily life, what what does success look like? What does a fulfilled life look like? And some trends or some scholars will have pointed to this, um, the word blessed in this passage also being maybe correlated to happy are those who X, Y, uh, so even what this like true happiness, um, a fulfilled life. Yeah, just recognizing the tension uh, again 
between the world and the way of Jesus and how to be living in the world and following, following in the way of Jesus. Um, so that is the general idea that I'm sitting with. Uh, so in conversations, and I found myself having a conversation with someone about the things we celebrate winning and losing, uh, why, why some things are more seemingly more mentionable, uh, in conversation than others. So, oh, I got into this, this grad program, or I did really well at work here, or I, this happened to me, this happened to me, the things we're excited about. Um, yeah, how are, okay. I'm talking way too much about the idea and should probably, um, yeah, even in sports, in the seemingly trivial aspects of my cultural context, where are there opportunities to be in the way of Jesus in those spaces as well? Um, yeah. To encourage one another, to, I don't know, like fully incarnate, embody my faith into aspects of how I, of, of the world itself. I don't know. Yeah. Large question. Yeah. Any thoughts you have? But it's, it's such an, it's an important, it's an absolutely vital question that is easy to forget to ask ourselves every day. Right. Um, I think that my, my first thought is, and you got there, you were, you kind of got to, you were, uh, made this point towards the end, but I wouldn't necessarily say that these are out of line with our culture and context, but they're probably going to be out of line with our cultural priorities and values. Mm -hmm. So we can, we don't have to leave our culture. We don't have to leave our context in order to take these on, yeah. but it is absolutely going to flip some stuff upside down, um, which is, which is what you were saying at the end, right? Of, of how do we, within what we're doing, how do we live these out? And yeah, cause it is, it's all, it's a lot of upside down stuff, right? But this upside down is not like the Netflix upside down from um, Stranger Things, where it's terrible. This upside down is actually the good, the satisfying kingdom of God, right? Yeah, uh, that's thank you. That's a good clarifying point for sure. Uh, this idea of not abandoning my cultural context, yeah. but how to live as some a follower of Jesus in the midst right. of it, uh, and recognizing the challenges of that. Um, yeah, I think that claiming being a follower of Jesus is absolutely sunshine, rainbows, kittens, all ease is, is not a reality, uh, that there is something it's that groaning, it's that tension, um, that I think we, we should pay attention to and not be perturbed or afraid of speaking towards so it's it's really hard right that's that's part of the of the reality and that's why jesus talks about this kind of thing so much it's really hard when you have your your cultural values which orient you to a, a deep subconscious level understanding of what brings satisfaction what brings joy, what brings happiness, what brings life, mm -hmm. right? Those are deep level cultural assumptions. Mm -hmm. 
And I think you'd be hard pressed to find any cultural context in history in the world that's going to line up with all of this. And so we have to continually be doing this cyclical process of understanding ourselves and understanding our culture and then holding it up to this, right? Where, where are we not blessing the poor in spirit, right? We're not seeing how the poor in spirit are the ones who have the kingdom of heaven. Um, where are not, we not being merciful? They'll be show mercy, right? And it's really easy to assume that we're doing these things, especially um, like for myself growing up in a, in a evangelical and conservative context where you know, my parents were followers of Jesus, my grandparents were followers of Jesus. It's, it's an amazing, like I have an amazing lineage of people following Jesus, um, but it still is a continual process, mm-hmm. right? And I think in there also is God's grace for us because there's, he's okay with that being a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're in... Yeah, like we're when we're in relationship with Jesus, like it's it's very much for myself recognizing that I have to be with Jesus to be a Jesus follower. Like it is very much that relational aspect uh, that goes with me into the spaces of ambiguity and being in the culture. That's yeah, spending time with Christ, not maybe and as you spoke to your context of like having this lineage, uh, learning about Jesus through your parents, but where, where has it been your own journey to pursue time with, with the father? Um, and same to me myself. Um, what are some areas that you feel like you've been able to, to do this? Which part spending time with Jesus or (laughs) within your culture, shift priorities to be more in line with with what jesus is saying you're not saying you're finished but like where's where's some places maybe even recently that you've i okay i have two examples that come to mind one yeah and i think i'm asking this question out of a recognition that maybe i'm not doing it well um (laughs) or want to pursue I don't know if that's good language or not, but a more healthy relationship with this, recognizing that, oh, when I look at uh, this viewpoint of success, where Mm -hmm. am I? I think a lot of the change or pursuit, like you said, is happening internally and then hopefully going to produce good fruit. I don't know. Um, But when I'm down upon myself of, man, I... I'm not, I'm not in this program. I'm not pursuing like this ladder of corporate success or um, I think, yeah, these are just honest and honestly vulnerable things that I'm experiencing Um, and getting down upon it and realizing, wait, is that what, is that what I am to value most? Um, or, or is it something else? Uh, and then even like conversations about winning and losing. So I was playing a game with our youth group and well, actually, so that was a whole other, um, experience, but let's talk about a conversation. (laughs) Someone, uh, one of our students had a flag football game. And my first was my first response was, I am so so saddened by it was, oh my goodness, did you guys win? 
And then I caught myself saying, wait, 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 Dory, that's not saying, oh, did you have, I said, did you guys win? And I said, oh, but more importantly, did you have fun? And recognizing that, yeah, in my, our values are communicated in the questions we ask. And so in my saying to this student, hey, did you win? Like, what a position, what a place of that potential shame that could have fostered. And yet we're asking these questions. I am asking these questions out of habit. And so where do I change my habits to, where do I change the, my habits, the questions I'm asking to be more indicative or hospitable of the way of Jesus to say, hey, did you have fun? Or man, uh, asking questions that foster care. Um, so that is, that's where I've been experiencing it. Um, and so in, in part, that is a confession of where I haven't been doing it well. Um, but I'm learning and pursuing that change. So, yeah. And that's, that's what we're called to. Um, yeah. Can I nerd out for a second? So I don't, um, so my guess is some of our listeners have heard the term contextualization within talking about mission or talking about um, sharing the gospel. Like what we're talking about with, with this mind picnic, this is what contextualization is. It's knowing Jesus and wanting to follow Jesus and discerning and processing and working towards following Jesus within your specific context. That is what contextualization is. So if you hear someone talk about contextualization, I guess people do use it a few different ways as well. But that, like the core of contextualization is this. It is how, how, do, I, how do I follow Jesus in my context? What does it look like for me to be living into God's plan for the kingdom of God in my context? Um, and I also love, like, I don't think either one of us would say there's anything wrong with competition. Competition's fine, but different people in different contexts, it's going to have a different level of, of priority um, and values. And depending on culture, depending on person, even um, it might not be in line with the kingdom in one place and it might be in line with the kingdom in another. Right. Am I, I, I think a good question of, is this leading me closer to the person exactly. of Jesus? Exactly. Um, is this, building the other person towards that. Like, am I idolizing competition so much to the point that I am willing to degrade another human being in the process of winning a small game, like in the grand scheme of things. And I know that can get heated with people who are very passionate about sports and supporting, like seeing their team winning, but maybe this is an important question to ask of like, what am I willing to sacrifice for the winning of a team? I don't yeah. know. Not even just sports. Uh, it goes so far beyond that, yeah. but uh, that's where I yeah. have experienced it here recently. But anytime, anytime we feel comfortable, like, yeah, we got these beatitudes down. We got it. That, that like big red flag for some serious self-reflection. Cause I hate to break it to you until Jesus returns and the fullness of the kingdom is established on a recreated earth. Um, we're not going to have all this in its fullness. So we got to keep working towards it. That's that's our 10 minutes there. It's a great conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to put down a couple of my thoughts because like, I have typing other things down um, on this in our Discord and love to, to have people involved there. We do, again, have a Discord for TMS Global for anybody who is a 
monthly donor to TMS Global or to one of our CCWs. Um, the Discord is open to you. So love to see you all on there. A lot of good stuff there. Um, and yeah, continue the conversation, social media, Discord, amongst yourselves. It'd be great. Awesome. Anything else to say? I think that's all. I think that's all. Well, have a blessed week or two weeks whenever we release our next podcast. And that's uh, that's us uh, signing up. Cheers.